0: Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, a podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, where were you when uh, Taylor Hall absolutely lit up Jordan Eberle on Twitter today?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, you're getting up and, and having some coffee, and I saw it and kind of did a double take. And now I just really wish we had Taylor Hall. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right
0: yeah uh for Your, those who didn't,
1: devils aren't supposed to have that kind of personality,
0: you know, I was just telling somebody about this too, like it's not even just that, it's like their entire social media and like um. PR presence has totally changed. Uh, they hired uh, a couple of folks. Sarah Baker, who was a, a reporter for uh, on the Flyers, she's now their, I guess, social media coordinator or maybe PR person, I don't even know. And they brought in a bunch of other people. And uh, it's like, is this even the same franchise that it was a couple of years ago? Like, you know, it used to be the most buttoned up franchise in possibly all of sports. And now they're, like, making goofy videos and, like, they're sending, like, cory schneider in disguise out to talk like uh, season ticket holders and like giving away jerseys and i mean good for them like they've got to you know sell the product and get people on board with this kind of young strange team but uh it's it's a very weird thing to see from a new jersey devils franchise that's for sure
1: young strange team that's great <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah so if anybody didn't see it um uh taylor hall was at the jets game he accidentally photobombed a picture of Liev Schreiber and his brother, Pablo, who are actors, obviously. And uh, I saw I saw the I Love uh, My Little Pony movie this weekend, by the way. Liev Schreiber, great in it. You would never know it was Liev Schreiber uh, if you saw it. I won't even tell you who he is, but he's actually very funny in it. Um, and uh, Hall was joking that, you know, he accidentally photobombed these guys. And uh, Eberly tweeted at him like, hey, you should get some Tide for those pants. I guess intimating his pants were wrinkly. And uh, a day later... Uh, uh, Hall, Hall responded by saying, "Hey, when are you going to score?" <laughs> Which uh, hits a little too close to home uh, after <laughs> last night's game. Um, oh, we actually haven't we haven't talked since the season started. So uh, yeah. the Islanders are two, three, and one right now. Uh, they lost. They went on their West Coast swing. They lost last night in L.A. Um, they didn't play particularly well, but they basically had a chance to tie the game with about twenty seconds to go. John Tavares missed an open net. Uh, Eberle has actually played pretty well, like fancy stats wise. He just hasn't scored his first goal yet as an Islander. He's got three assists. Uh, Hall has all of one goal and four assists. So uh, I guess that one <laughs> that means that he can he can uh, zing Eberle. He's, on also, but he's,
1: he's also in first place. The they are also
0: in first place. Yeah, that's true. Um, and right in la- in last place right now, the New York Rangers. So there you go. Who th- who the Islanders play on Thursday? So right. I'm sure I yeah. just jinxed yeah, it. But, um, so the Islanders, uh, they beat San Jose on Saturday. They lost to Anaheim, uh, on Wednesday, I guess. And then at home, uh, they lost to Columbus, big, the first game. They beat Buffalo the next night, which was kind of big, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, they lost to St. Louis in a matinee. And, you know, if, People want to get all like you know skies falling already six games in the season. That's fine. I'm not going to stop anybody. Sorry, I'm not going, definitely not going to stop anybody. Um, but like there are some things that are going on under the hood that that are actually pretty positive. Um, last night was not one of them. <laughs> so you know uh, it's not like the situation where ah oh, they're okay. But um, they played pretty well in San Jose um, and won. And the Sharks haven't been that good. And the Kings and Blues in particular have been two of the best teams early on so far. So uh, I don't know. What do you what do you make of these first few games? Uh, Worried, not worried, combination no. of both?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's just don't, um, results-wise, I'm not, you know, that worried. You don't yeah. you shouldn't be worried until maybe, you know, Thanksgiving or whatever. Can't remember when the uh, Canadian people tell us it's time to be okay about <laughs> us to call a slow start a, a problem. But, uh, yeah, they, their numbers look fine under the hood. The, uh, the power play is, is kind of just like a, a funny thing to me now. I just, I think it's, I kind of want them just to not score a power play goal all year and see how, how well they can do. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not terribly worried. I, I think the one thing that is irking me more than worrying me is the, uh, I guess the, de- the the deployment of certain players and the fact that Anthony Bouvier is sitting in a, was sitting in a press box uh, for the past two games. Uh, so that was a little little head scratching because I think under uh, You know, when when Wait took over last year, it was kind of a you know I don't want to call it a free for all, but everyone seemed to play a lot looser and stuff. And, and I think that might be a little bit in the in the rear view now that he's uh, you know c- cemented in as the head coach. But yeah, I mean, other than that, that kind of fickle stuff, uh, I'm not too too worried uh, about anything. Uh, a power play for Cole would, I guess, be nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So Anthony Bovillier has been scratched uh, two games in a row. You know, Doug Waite's adamant like it's not a performance thing. He just wanted uh, Jason Chimera in there for his size and speed. And frankly, I don't think anybody's really buying it. You know, I mean, he can, he can say that all day, and that might be true. But, you know, when a young guy gets scratched for like a 38-year-old or whatever, however old Chimera is, you know, alarm bells start going off. And, I mean, I've had I've had the thought more than once, like, great, this is like Basically, Jack Capuano of a different right. color, you know. uh Ryan Pulock hasn't gotten in any games at all right. this year, and, which is
1: the whole thing with the power play is blowing my right. mind. You got a you got an 0 for thirty seven power play, and yeah. you're you're probably your best shot is sitting in sh- uh, in a suit above mm. the uh, the Shark Tank. So, that's
0: <laughs> right and and you know again, weights like well, it's, you know he'll get in eventually, and but we like how the top sixty are playing. To be honest, the only guy who's playing really well out of that top 60 is Scott Mayfield. Like, he is, right. he's been really good. And, man, he put a deke on somebody yesterday in that Kings game that was like, whoa. I'm sure anybody, everybody in Staples Center was like, who the hell is this guy? Literally, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Letty, you know, I've come to some, like, a conclusion about Letty. And this is not, this is total eye test wise. And I don't know what his, his underlying numbers are. I'm sure they're fine. But I've come to the conclusion that Nick Letty is too nice. He, he's too nice to do the job that the Islanders need him to do, which is be the power play quarterback, the guy who gets the puck from one end of the ice to the other, because he skates better than literally any other defenseman in the league not named Eric Carlson. Like, he's he's so good. I mean, I'm, and obviously Nick Coletti is not Eric Carlson, but he skates better than 99.9% of defensemen out there, and he should be a weapon that the Islanders have – that nobody else has, and again, he, I don't expect him to be Carlson, but he, nobody can move the puck. No, few defensemen can move the puck from one end of the ice to the other more fluidly than Nick Letty can. And sometime, somehow he always gets into the zone, and then nothing comes of it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then on the power play, he just seems like reluctant to shoot. He doesn't really have a great slap shot, which you know is fine, but like I, think- I just, you know, he's not really a distributor either, which isn't really helping anything.
1: Right, I think he's he's so good at transporting the puck from zone to zone, but he you know how over the years we've talked about how, you know, guys like Hamilton and even Mayfield have kind of added a different element to their game like every every season. He's his game kind of it's not that it's stagnated cuz he's still very good at what he does. It's just he's never developed like the kind of complementary skill set to to what he's already got like how John Tavares, I guess you can say Developed in this insane ability to now be one of the best defensive forwards in the league. Like okay. Letty's never been able to take the fact that he's able to get the puck in to the offensive zone with with aplomb, and then you know develop that finishing product, I guess. Mm. And I, yeah. I think I think now with Barzal and Hosain who both are also very good at transporting puck from defensive zone to offensive zone, maybe Letty becomes a little redundant on the power play because uh, mm-hmm. because those those two guys can get the puck. We'll we'll be able to, you know, do the France Nielsen type thing, Mark mm-hmm. Streit when he was there and, and get the puck into the the offensive zone. And then and then we're rolling it seems like pretty obvious that Wade and Gomez want to roll with the four forwards and one defenseman. So then you just have, you know, Boychuk and, and, and you know Ryan pull up if he ever plays yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of at at the, the point. And uh mm. so I I, I think he, in that regard he's just maybe become a little redundant on the power play.
0: Yeah. Um, Barzell and Hosang have played really well. And it was funny because I I don't think Thursday – or no, you know what? I think it was the game in Anaheim where I remember thinking, you know, Barzell, you didn't look that good. And again, that's not a crime. Like sometimes, you know, guys have off games or whatever. And then against the Sharks, it seemed like he kind of said to himself, I'm just going to go ahead and try and do this myself. And he all of a sudden got these sort of like – He created odd man rushes just on his own, (laughs) just with the speed and and shiftiness he's got. And, you know, he didn't score anything. And he had his first assist last night, uh, you know, for his first NHL point. Um, So I I think he'll eventually come around. But, you know, like you said, it's about augmenting what you've already got. And this guy is already shifty. He's already fast. He needs to learn how to, you know, score a little bit. And I think he can. I mean, he's obviously scored a lot in junior. But, you know, and being a pass first player isn't a crime either. Like, that's good, but uh, they can, you know, hopefully get him with somebody who can score. And that seems to have been the case so far with Hosang and Nelson. Brock Nelson, they seem to really be benefiting each other. Nelson's got, I don't know, what, four goals or something this season already. And a lot of them were set up by great passes from Hosang. And hey, man, if you can, if those guys find chemistry and they can work together and create that, finally create that second scoring unit that we've been looking for for the last 10 years, uh, great that's awesome, you know, and hopefully that'll take some pressure off of guys like Jordan Eberle and Tavares, who right now are shooting 4%, so they're sure. going to come around at some point, but, uh, you know, until that happens, uh, getting the secondary scoring is kind of a huge, huge deal.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Barzal, like that, like that whole thing I was just saying with Letty, he, once he figures out um, how to, and with him it's not, you know, he probably already has a skill set, it's just now figuring out, you know, junior and even in the preseason when he blew past Brian Strait and, and Ben Lovejoy, those aren't, you know, particularly great defensemen, but when he's doing it against right. Jake Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin yesterday he had a great rush, I think and it was Muzzin and Muzzin just right. stayed inside on him and forced him to the outside and nothing really came of it. And he's just gotta learn at that point, like all right, like, you know, as well as, as I did to beat half, you know, the Kings up the ice, I now need to <laughs> turn 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 this into something productive, whether that's just, just throwing it at the pads of, of Kemper or whoever's in goal yeah. or or something, uh, or, or you know, taking around the net, but he'll learn that. And uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm very encouraged with the way he he's been playing. Uh,
0: yeah. They they said that yesterday, like he had a rush, and you know rather than try and take it behind the net and try and do something there, what he should have done was just throw it at the at the net, mm-hmm. hope for a rebound, and then you know you had like Bailey and Ladd, I think, kind of charging in at the same time. So yeah, I mean I'm encouraged by their their play, uh, Hosang and Barzell. Again, I'm encouraged by the fact that Tavares and and Eberle are shooting at. You know, below career lows in you know, insanely career. I don't think everybody's going to shoot four percent all season. I don't think Tavares is going to shoot you know four and a half percent all season. Uh, Lee looks more or less like he always looks. Uh, Nelsons look pretty good, but I mean, we've seen that before. Um, the defense have not scored at all, which again, you know, gets back to the whole Nick Letty situation and Ryan Pullick situation. Hopefully, they can get in there. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Pullick play against the Rangers on Thursday, but then again, who knows?
1: And and will just bring. Just going back to Barzal for a second, him and Hosang each had turnovers yesterday. And if this was last year's Doug Wade, I wouldn't have cared about it. But because it's this year and it's like things are a little weird with the way he's been delving out his minutes and, and dressing certain players, I'm a, little, I'm a little worried that he's gonna, you know, <laughs> scratch one of them scratch for the game somebody. against the Rangers yeah. just because they made a mistake.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's we talked about this in the first episode of the season is that just just getting the optimal lineup out there is hard enough and i don't i don't know if i think they had it like no well obviously without Pullock they haven't had it at all this season but you know now with Beauvilliers scratched it's like all right they won saturday uh you know i'd still rather see Beauvilliers out there and uh, you know the the fourth line is kind of a problem and and to be honest the three guys that really should be in the scratch conversation right now are uh Cal Clutterbuck, who I, I think he might be hurt again. I don't even know. He was he had some problem. He always almost scratched the other day, and then he missed a couple of games. Um, but you know, he just I don't know. He hasn't looked at himself really. Um, Nikolai Kulimun, who at this point, I, I mean, we love the guy. He seems like a great guy, and all. And he's hard. And nobody works on, on the team harder than he does. But he is just not bringing any kind of production at all at this point. And Chimera, you know, he still got the Jets and all. But again, same thing. Like, just, it doesn't really. He had a great shift last night and it just, that's great, but it didn't really lead to anything, you know, it led to some kind of random shots that went, just turned aside. And, and I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm just being like sort of reductionist in my, <laughs> in my thinking and I want to see some more things happen, but I just, you know, these guys are kind of. Yeah.
1: The numbers will back that up though. I yeah. Think the, the, like it, it's pretty, it's cluttered, but like once, once someone's hurt right out of training camp, they, you should probably shut them down for a couple of weeks. Just, yeah. you know, it's October. I'm not that he's that important to the team, or you know, I'm sure he is, and, and you know, great guy. You know, he's that whole great yeah. guy in the room thing. But there's not, you're not losing anything by just making sure he is 100%. That way, when he, because he's the type of guy that's going to tell you he's okay, even though he's got his, you know, <laughs> fingers. Yeah. Travis finger Travis up, was right? like that
0: too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but if yeah. you put
1: him on the ice, then he's a net negative. So. Uh, right. But and,
0: uh, and and I don't think that you know I know people get hung up on like. First line, fourth line, whatever. I mean, we've we've been through this with Jack Capuano, and I feel like Doug Waite's the same thing. Now the numbers really don't matter so much as like who's playing with with who, and you know Casey Sezakis is sort of the the nominal you know fourth line center, but I think playing him with Beauvillier isn't really the worst idea in the world. I mean, they both they're kind of similar players. You know, they drive people crazy and they they work hard along the boards and stuff. And I don't think that would be the worst thing ever. And, you know, if you scratched Clutterbuck to get him healthy, playing Sezikis with Bovilia, I don't think is that bad an idea. At all. And then, you know, whatever, in or or uh, Chimera on the other side. You know, I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm, I'm kind of roster baiting right now. But, uh, you know, I, I just I feel like, you know, we're past the point, And that's four games and I don't want to, like, get all crazy. Like you said, Bob McKenzie is, is a – a fan of giving the teams like 20 games to shake everything out. And by that point, you kind of know what kind of team you're looking at, but you don't want to get into a situation where all of a sudden, Oh man, we got to make up the first 20 games because we were bad. And, and you know, their, uh, their numbers are underlying. So I don't want them to change are pretty good. And they shouldn't change too much. Aside from the power play thing, the goaltending has been pretty good. Um, they just, you know, they need to get wins and it needs to start Thursday at the garden uh, before it gets too late.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if they didn't start so poorly last year, I I think we'd be worried even a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's all very fresh right. in the mind still. But yeah, well, Szezikas so. though, you know, he's, he's he's producing. So that that would, but I was a little pissed yeah. off yesterday. The Islanders were down three two, and uh, the Tavares line just had a great shift. And I think there was like a minute half left, and you know, instead of going with Barzal or Hossein or whatever, there's Casey Szezikas. You know, kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> getting ready to, uh, you know, make sure that they grind out the next forty-five yeah. seconds of and to, to for no for no reason. It was very upsetting, but yeah, you know, no. it was also, also twelve thirty and at night, and yeah I mean, <laughs> 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 oh, bad Louie.
0: decisions are generally made at that time. But uh, <laughs> you know, I guess every coach is sort of like that. Like, the, you know, again, Doug is not going to be any different than Jack, and just you know, they're going to play these guys that. That are older and, and, you know, have a have a, a reputation, that, and they just like them. And uh, Tyler Della was saying on Twitter the other day, every coach does that. And, like, yeah, Rangers, no, fans, Rangers fans can get all mad as, as mad as they want about Allen Vigneault and scratching, you know, this young guy or playing Tanner Glass or whatever. <laughs> but, like, every coach does that, and the idea is to get the big stuff right. And, you know, I don't know if the Islanders are necessarily doing that right either because, again, it's only been six games, but uh, hopefully and they the can – yeah um speaking of big stuff i guess that'll be a, the best transition we can <laughs> get to uh we i guess we should talk about the the belmont stuff um they had a, a media luncheon last week and and john ledecky in, in a very interesting kind of you know very upfront way said that the team is is all about belmont they're all in they're placing all their bets in the military whatever whatever sports metaphor you want to throw it out there um That, you know, they need to get this done and they're focused on that and they have felt that, you know, they've done everything they need to do in their proposal. Uh, On the ILC podcast, Brian Compton was saying that he heard that or LeDecki said that he had gone around like door to door pretty much in Elmont and was asking people what they want out of the project. And, you know, they've sort of satisfied whatever the Belmont people are looking for. So. Hopefully this can work out. It's kind of a you know kind of a big deal. They need to get this, and uh, you know I, I don't know. Like we've been down this road. We've, you and I have talked about this a million times. I don't know if you know that helps at all that they're focused on this. But when they asked like you know what happens if you don't get it? He was just he didn't even broach the subject. Like he would just not that's not an option. Basically,
1: yeah, yeah. I right. think they, they got the, the, those blinders on, and stuff. so so we can't even look and have a mm-hmm. plan B because which is frustrating uh, because if we've learned anything, it's not only do you need a plan B in this situation, you probably need to plan through like M yeah. or something because it's all going to go wrong. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I actually, I just think it's interesting that, that he came out right away and just like, and kind of put your marks on blast uh, more than, like, cause I, I, I mean, he's not going to come out and, and, and have, you know, the, the Neil best and Jim backs of, of, you know, Newsday and whoever else there, you know, tell them that like, oh, we're worried about this. He's, he's gonna, you know, do the whole press release thing and and say, you know, we're gonna get this done, and it's the only option. But the fact that he kind of threw your mark under the bus was the kind of the first the first time that I've seen the Islanders breast throw shade at the Barclays brass for for doing a bad job which was yeah. kind of refreshing I was like yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh yeah apparently Elliot Friedman was there too I assume Bob McKenzie was there too and other guys and you know it's to me just the concept of the Islanders hosting a media lunch is already kind of like wait what who um and uh you know all the stops were pulled out and everything and uh yeah I thought that too um and he also said that you know they're they're going to be playing at Barclays this season and next season Period. End of story. Which I also thought was kind of interesting because, you know, part of this whole thing is like, well, what is the timeline going to be? How do they renegotiate in good faith when the entire world knows that they put in this bid (laughs) for another arena that's going to, you know, work uh, uh, at odds with with Barclays even after, you know, should it actually happen? And I I feel like, part of me kind of feels like a lot of this stuff has already been decided. Um, You know, they've already probably talked to Barclays and said, look, we're doing this. And I I think that they're just going to work out an extension with Barclays that gives that gives the Islanders less money. You know, it reduces that sort of fifty thirty five to fifty million dollars or whatever it is that that they pay the team to play there, and, and they'll just stay there. Uh, Ledecky also said they're not playing; they're not coming to the Coliseum. Period. Which you know, I think most people kind of figured out. But he he said it's a lovely place, but. Uh, even if we wanted to, the commissioner would, the, the NHL would never let us. Like they just wouldn't, it's not up to snuff. And that's what the commissioner said and that's it. And so Gary Bettman does what he does best and is a villain. So if you got a problem with it, <laughs> I mean, if you have a problem with them not returning to the Islanders, to the Coliseum, take it up with Nassau County and the town of Hempstead and the people who made this mess all, all happen. It's not a surprise that they need this to happen, um, but you know, it's going to have, we're going to have to see how it goes and hope that, you know they get it and the rest of us are just kind of sit here and wait. Now, I'm also kind of holding out hope that maybe we all get lucky and by January this is all resolved and by all I mean Belmont, the future at Barclays and John Tavares <laughs> and then you know by the end of January we all get, you know, maybe maybe we have a happy christmas and you know they get we get announced announcement that way. <laughs> um but I'm hoping that th- th- I mean that's a, that would be a very non Islanders thing to have happen, but that's sort of my fantasy is that by the end of January all of this is resolved and we could all move on with our lives.
1: Yeah, uh, I I hope there that's the case too, but I highly doubt it. Um, the other interesting thing too was that Gar Snow in that whole media luncheon right. tweet storm said that, that those talks were going excellent, right? So I don't that 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 made me like. You could have, You could have said why, right? I was like, right. "All right, excellent. Why, keep going." Mm. The
0: same thing. Like again, I feel like this is all probably done. Like I, you know, they haven't talked numbers. Tavares wants to, you know, wants to know what's going on with the arena. Wants to know what's going on with the team. And I mean, part of me also kind of feels like
1: it would be funny. They, if they know. If I, like, <laughs> I'm, su- I'm sure they have like these these big meetings, you know, before the RFP process. And mm-hmm. while they're like, you know, answering the questions of the RFP, and you know, you get Ledecky and Malkin and probably Snow and whoever else on the Islander side, the people from One Oak or whatever it's called, the Madison Square Garden people, and they're like, yeah, and, group. yeah, yeah. And here's and here's and we also have brought in John Tavares, who's going to be helping us with this day because <laughs> we need to tailor we need to tailor this whole project. Yeah, towards to towards, towards this twenty seven year old dude from Mississauga. <laughs>
0: I know his, his opinion matters more than anybody's. Um, so, but you know, again, I kind of feel like, I don't know, like I, maybe I'm just trying to rationalize it and not get too worked up about it. But I I just feel like a lot of this stuff, I can't imagine that. I mean, and Arthur Staple was the first to say this like a long time ago, like what, what could possibly change between now and next July, that would you know alter Tavares' thinking. Like nobody knows his team better than he does. Nobody knows knows his teammates better than he does. And I just feel like you know, part of me wants to believe that they're waiting for this announcement. So that nobody's like, why on earth would you re-sign with this team (laughs) for eight years? Because then, you know, it's like, well, okay, hey, you know, Belmont announces, we've given the, you know, we've accepted the Islanders' offer. And then the Islanders say, great, we're building an arena. And then Tavares signs. And it, like, all kind of flows within the same, you know, timeline of of Oh, this makes this all makes sense. Okay, great. So then we can move on. Whereas if he signed tomorrow, people would be like, "Are you out of your mind? Why would you do this to yourself?" And then he's got to answer all these other questions. So, yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm I, that might just be a total concoction of my mind, but it just feels like a lot of this stuff is is maybe already known that you know what how long they're going to be at Barclays Center they know, and John Ledecky pretty much tipped it off. You know how this this Belmont thing is going to turn out. Kind of feels like maybe it's in the the islanders have it in the bag but you know we've kind of felt that way before the Tavares thing again this guy knows the team better than anybody like he knows if he wants to sign or not and maybe he has or maybe he hasn't i don't know but it's just i don't know it feels like we're waiting on something that somebody already knows the answers to yeah
1: they're just having a laugh yeah kind of yeah basically yeah <laughs> watching
0: us all twist in the wind yeah i uh-huh. i i i, I, I want to i think
1: Tavares, he, like you said like i think he knows i think there's one thing that could really derail it and it's the islanders just like completely fall apart this year um yeah and that would be horrifying because that could also mean that the unthinkable would happen and that they need to you know shop him because well, we won't even go down that road but i think that's 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 just like the one thing that he's because he, he like you said that the it seems like the belmont thing is uh, not that it's you know, a done deal, but it's it's on its way to to be resolved at least, and, and the whole arena thing, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so now just the, the t- actual team has to go get results, which uh, they're not very good at. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so hopefully all these these percentages and things uh, get straightened out, and and you know they can work work things up. Uh, so now we'll uh, we'll wrap up with our best case scenarios, and I know this is going to sound weird. But after all of the hemming and hawing we did earlier, um, I feel like the Islanders have a chance to really make some hay coming up in the next five games. They play the Rangers uh, on Thursday. They play the Sharks again on Saturday. Then they play the Coyotes, Wild, and Predators right after that. And the Rangers have one win right now. The Sharks, they already beat. The Coyotes are winless right now. <laughs> the Wild have half their team in on the IR and you know the Predators, uh, you know they're they're very good. I still pick them to come out of the West, but uh, you know I think that they're a team that the Islanders can beat. So I think they can win four of those five games. And I know that sounds kind of weird. Uh, am I crazy, or is that like an actual doable thing? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, and, and, and yes, it's doable. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think that they'll they should. I, I hate the schedule. I hate the October schedule for us because it's it's just it's hard to get it's hard to get up for. You know, we I think we've played three Eastern Conference teams in October, so and mm. then and then you, you give us the Rangers and that's great and then and you're all getting jazzed up, be like all right now the season's starting and then like all right well mm. here are the Sharks again, <laughs> <laughs> and then,
0: then the Minnesota Wild.
1: Yeah, I feel, sorry, I, feel okay. I feel like we have played the Kings three times already this season. Right. Uh, but yeah. uh, it, yeah, I mean I, I for me you know just I just hope to to God like for me the best case scenario i guess has nothing to do with the islanders more than that they beat the rangers they kind of pile on the misery and that the rangers come out of october at like 1 and 8 or something like really really, really <laughs> bad
0: yeah didn't they do that like the year they went to the finals didn't they start yeah, something like that that's yeah. when they had
1: that uh, and it all it all compounded with that thomas hurdle amazing right against yeah
0: them. yeah he scored but, four goals and like the fourth one was like yeah between the legs and yeah. Oh man, yeah, that was bad. But well, that that was fun. But then then they went to they then they reeled off like you know twelve, games, 12 wins in a row. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I I feel that that's a good. I mean, yeah, it's got to start Thursday. It's a weird collection of teams. I, I was actually a little bit disappointed in this uh, California swing because the Islanders. Did, another thing that kind of bothers me about them is that they're not particularly fast. If the when the Islanders play the Maple Leafs, I recommend not watching at all because the Leafs are just gonna. Burn right past them. I mean, it's going to be like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. They're never going to see them coming. Or I guess a Roadrunner cartoon would be better, more apt. But uh, I thought that you know the, the slower pace of the game would would mean them making them would make them more competitive against the Western Conference. Seems like I was wrong. <laughs> but uh, hopefully at home they can they can do some things. And man, the Coyotes are are just a mess right now. I, don't I know, know what, what's even going on with them.
1: Actually, I actually like them to like, compete for a playoff spot.
0: Yeah. I think Ronta's hurt now. I might. I have I heard that. I might have heard that wrong. I don't know. Yeah, but.
1: Lurie's hurt. Ronta's hurt. Everybody in the everyone yeah. in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. No. But I mean, the the the, the Coyotes. I, I it's as great as the the Golden Knight story's been. I I kind of wanted the Coyotes to be a cool story this year. I like what they were mm-hmm. doing with their roster, and I yeah. like a lot of their young players. But yeah. Uh, it's
0: okay. And anytime a team does that, like where over the summer they turn over, like half their roster. I mean, the Islanders did that. The, the 2014, 15 season that we're always talking about. I mean, they showed up the, the, the first game that year with eight new players. I mean, that's pretty wild, including, you know, both goalies, an entire defensive pair, like, you know, two thirds of a second line. Like It's just, what the hell do these guys come from? Who are these guys? And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, yep. I don't know what, what exactly is going on with the Coyotes, but they just, they haven't been able to get out of their own way. Um, and then, uh, yeah, with the Golden Knights, they're four and one right now, but now. Flurry's on IR, although they won yesterday without him. Jonathan Marchessault so is on IR, and like I said, half the Wild is on IR right now. Charlie Coyle, uh, Nino Uh who else? There's another guy who's who's also yeah. hurt right now. The
1: um, guy, who got, the guy who got his punch, his
0: face uh, face. Oh right, yeah, Foligno, the other the he other did. Foligno, yeah, got his yeah, he's got his face rearranged uh, in that ugly fight. Uh, so no, that's not to say the Wild they're going to be a pushover or anything, but uh, at least we don't have to worry about like Nino embarrassing everybody <laughs> in Brooklyn. Which would be yeah. good. And uh, yeah, so, you know, they need to make some hay here. They need to get it right in. The, you know, they're only game under 500. And it's so at the same time, it feels like, you know, the sky is falling, but, this, you know, because you want to get off on that right foot. The sky is some,
1: only falling in Edmonton right now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wanna, man. Do you want to talk about an overreaction? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do, do not do a Twitter search for Strom. Uh, oh, under, yeah. like, the Oilers hashtag because uh, he's having a bad time up there and it's not it's not been pretty <laughs> and you feel bad for him because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The Oilers are in a bad way. The Rangers are in a bad way. Uh, the, hurricanes, oh, uh, the Hurricanes
1: have only played three games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they've only played three games and they've got like two goals in yeah, you know, would, those three games. It, so. I, I don't
1: understand how 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 many weeks we're almost two weeks in and they're going to be playing their fourth game. I think tomorrow.
0: That's Great. that's awful. That's awful. Somebody else too. I was on Twitter and they were like, "Can somebody explain why these guys have four days off in between games? <laughs> 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 in the first week of the season." I don't. Good question. I don't really know. Oh, and the Capitals got demolished by the Flyers eight to two in uh, Philly's home opener. So Flyers
1: have been weird. The Flyers went out west and like and, and collected a couple of scalps and then came back and yeah, they they've had some bad. They lost to uh, it was to Nashville where they like blew a two goal lead. Oh right,
0: yeah. yeah the challenge at the end. And the, yeah, that was, yeah, that was pretty, the fires, the fires
1: <laughs> pretty wild. A headache.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's such a strange, this is a very, very strange. Year. This is shaping up to be a very, very strange year. We're like the only reason, the only team that's good. That's right now that people expected to be good are the Maple Leafs. It's very, I mean, the, the senators were expected to stink without Carlson. He's back now when they're like four and one, um, you know, the sharks were supposed to be good. they haven't really been that good. Um, You know the Coyotes were supposed to be better; they're not. The the Golden Knights were supposed to be terrible, and they're in first place. So up is down, down is up, and hopefully the Islanders can end up up at some point. Uh, So uh, why don't you tell everybody your Twitter handle again so they can follow you? It's uh, the Big Lebowski two e's. The Big Lebowski with two e's. You can follow me at Culture of Losing, and uh, thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you uh, in a couple weeks. All right, bye bye.